97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. Some people are just born to do it when it comes to rock and roll. Driven to pursue the music, make the music, record it and perform it, to live it. It's often not an easy road, but for the lifers who are called to it, there is no other ride they'd rather take. Joan Jett's story is a real rock and roll story. A woman who overcame every obstacle put in her path to pursue her dream, no matter how hard that was to do. As a teenager with the all-girl band The Runaways, under the management of Kim Fowley, one of rock's most notorious Bengalis, and on her own afterward, staring down rejection after rejection to get her own solo career started, Joan Jett just had to do it. And so that's what she did. Her story is not always happy, but it's not always sad either. There are as many triumphs as there are pitfalls. She persisted through it all and remains as relevant and vital today as she was when she first picked up a guitar at age 13 and taught herself to play. Her essence can be distilled in a song that she wrote for her debut solo album, a song for the losers who persevere no matter what people say. A song as honest as it is bombastic, Bad Reputation. If you like this episode, don't forget to give it a like at the end and hit that subscribe button. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joan Jett started out the child of a middle-class family in a Philadelphia suburb and was drawn to music from an early age. She was given a guitar and guitar lessons at age 13, which she promptly quit because her teacher kept trying to force her to learn folk songs. So she started teaching herself the music she loved, holed up in her room with her copy of The Slider by T-Rex, along with Deep Purple and Black Sabbath albums. Songs that she could learn quickly with big, chunky bar chords, teaching herself with a book of guitar basics and her own ear. The family moved to California shortly afterward, close enough to Hollywood for Jet to sneak off to the famous Rodney Bingenheimer's English Disco Club. This was the place where it all started for Joan Jett who had changed her name from Joan Larkin and dreamed of being in an all-girl rock band. The English disco was a place where glam rock lived and breathed, where rock stars and groupies came to play, and where teenage girls 
who, as Jet says, were the equivalent of Instagram influencers today, gathered every night to be a part of the scene. And it was there, in the mid-70s, that she met future Runaways drummer Sandy West, and the two of them separately met Kim Fowley, the much older, smooth-talking producer who had worked on a string of novelty hits. Jet had told Fowley that she wanted to start an all-girl band, and Fowley recruited the remaining girls who would soon record their debut album. Singer Cherie Curry, guitarist Lita Ford, and bassist Jackie Fox. They were all about 15 or 16, with Lita Ford being the old lady in the group at age 17. The songs were raunchy, hard glam rock and roll with shocking lyrics. Cherie Curry in her underwear singing Cherry Bomb, a song written by Jet and Fowley as a way for Curry to audition for the band, totally blew people's minds. It was all a little too much to take for audiences in the States, but they connected with fans over in Japan, much like Cheap Trick finding a level of adoration amongst Japanese fans that had eluded them in America. The Runaways were signed to a record deal and released four albums between 1976 and 1979, during which time Curry left the band and Jet took over on lead vocals, and Jackie Fox departed to be replaced by Vicky Blue. By 1979, arguments over money and the direction of the band led to the Runaways' breakup but they left their mark on music history. After the breakup of the Runaways, Joan Jett was free at the ripe old age of 20 to start her solo career. And it was in that same year, 1979, while working on an ill-fated early movie about the Runaways in Los Angeles, a previous obligation she was contracted to fulfill, she met producer and songwriter Kenny Laguna who had been hired to work with Jet on some songs for that film. This was a meeting that would change the shape of the rest of their lives. Laguna, a New Yorker who had written, produced, and performed on hit songs since the 60s, including with Tommy James and the Shondells, is a figure who has loomed large in Jet's life and career since they met. The two hit it off immediately. And even though the film project that originally brought them together fell through, Jet ended up moving out to New York shortly afterward to work with Laguna. And the two of them wrote songs for what would become Jet's solo debut and scraped up the money to record the album at the Who's studio in England. Laguna used money advanced from other projects and from his own infant daughter Carrie Ann's college savings to fund the recording sessions. In Laguna, Joan Jett found a family. His wife, Merrill encouraged their collaboration, and Jett has said that being around Carrie Ann as the child was growing up gave her a softness in her heart that she didn't know was there. And Joan Jett needed this newfound family for the personal support, because little did she know the uphill battle that she was about to face just trying to release her music into the world. Now, you'd think that an artist who had already made a splash in the rock business with her previous band, and one who had, in England, already formed an alliance with former Sex Pistols Steve Jones and Paul Cook, as well as with Clem Burke and Frank Infante from Blondie, all musicians who appeared on her debut album, 
She wouldn't have had such a difficult time with the industry. But Joan Jett had to overcome repeated rejections from music biz types who didn't want to put her work out. In fact, she and Laguna were turned down a legendary 23 times by American record labels when they shopped the album. Getting rejected that many times would have been reason for anyone to throw in the towel. But not Jet and Laguna. They simply took matters into their own hands, pressed up their own copies, and Laguna sold the first copies of Joan Jett's debut album, then simply titled Joan Jett, out of the trunk of his car at her shows to fans who came to see her play. This and the tenacious spirit behind doing it themselves out of sheer necessity was the genesis of Jet and Laguna's own independent label, Blackheart Records. So let's get this straight. Her producer and co-writer, now manager and keyboard player, is selling copies of her album out of his trunk because no record label would take Joan Jett. Whether because she was a female artist, with really only her hero Susie Quattro, and her own former band The Runaways as references for female-led rock artists in the minds of the industry, thus making it a slim margin for success on the ledger books in terms of sales potential, or just good old-fashioned sexism in the music business, Jet and Laguna had to get it done themselves. It certainly wasn't the quality of the songs, a fact that would soon bear out. Laguna ended up finding a partner to distribute that album a year after the independent pressing. Neil Bogart, the famed founder of New York's Casablanca Records, a label known for its disco product, started up Boardwalk Records, and it was through Laguna's connection with Bogart that the album was renamed after the first song on side one, and Bad Reputation was re-released on Boardwalk in 1981 and would eventually reach the Billboard chart. The Bad Reputation album was a triumph in that it ever saw the light of day. And it's also a really good example of Joan Jett's willingness to cover music as a rock curator. There are two Gary Glitter covers on the album, including one she had a hit with, Do You Want to Touch Me Oh Yeah, and a cover of the garage classic, Wooly Bully, and the Isley Brothers' Shout, songs that punch right through to the loud joy of rock and roll. Coupled with her professional partner, Laguna, a man who came up in the early days of rock music, she had recorded an album of sounds that spoke to her own love of the rhythm side of music with those big bar chords that she first taught herself to play present in the music. A feeling, an energy on this album of a person who was indeed born to do this rock and roll thing. Do it or die. Bad Reputation is a song Jet wrote while being rejected over and over again by people in the music business. After realizing that she herself had gotten a bad reputation simply by being in her scandalously young former band. The hypocrisy of it. That she and other girls who make loud rock music and go on the road playing it would be viewed any differently by the gatekeepers of the business than boys in rock bands was something that Joan Jett has always railed against. She didn't see why she or any other female making rock music should be treated any differently than, say, Led Zeppelin or any other all-male band that she admired. 
It's all in the lyrics of the song, which go like this. I don't give a damn about my reputation. Living in the past, it's a new generation. A girl can do what she wants to do, and that's what I'm going to do. And I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Oh, no, not me. I don't give a damn about my reputation. Never said I wanted to improve my station. And I'm only doing good when I'm having fun. And I don't have to please no one. And I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Oh, no, not me. I don't give a damn about my reputation. I've never been afraid of any deviation. And I don't really care if you think I'm strange. I ain't gonna change. And I'm never gonna care about my bad reputation. Oh, no, not me. I don't give a damn about my reputation. The world's in trouble. There's no communication. And everyone can say what they want to say. It never gets better anyway. So why should I care about a bad reputation anyway? Oh, no, not me. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. You're living in the past. It's a new generation. And I only feel good when I got no pain. And that's how I'm going to stay. And I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Oh, no, not me. It's a song that comes in hard and leaves as abruptly as it entered. And it sums up Joan Jett's views on how she felt about her treatment by the industry at that time perfectly. Shortly after the release of her solo debut, Jett formed Joan Jett and the Blackhearts with boys in the band this time. And she and the Laguna family still run the Blackheart Records label, all going strong decades later. She obviously proved all those rejectors wrong. Joan Jett has released three albums that have gone either gold or platinum. And in 2015, she and Laguna were inducted together into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Her work with The Runaways was made into a major Hollywood film in 2010 with Kristen Stewart starring as Joan Jett. And a documentary about Jett was later made in 2018, appropriately titled Bad Reputation. Joan Jett has said that it's her lot in life to fight. She's had to do it since dumping her guitar teacher at age 13 when she didn't want to learn folk songs. And while her story is an incredible tale of sticking to your guns no matter what, it's also a story of friendship and what can happen when you find the right support group. Of Kenny Laguna, she said that even though they came from different eras, it was his reinforcement in her dream of playing rock and roll that played a major part in her succeeding in her beliefs. On their own terms, they carved out a space in rock history for one of the few women rockers to ever reach the highest heights. And in so doing, created a space for women that continues to blaze a path for those who just gotta do it. Just gotta rock and roll. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks, as always, to Christian Lane for the music you hear on these podcast episodes. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts, on the Behind the Song YouTube channel, and on TikTok. And you can find me on the air at WDRV.com in Chicago, weekdays from 9 to 2. On the way, much more classic rock and roll. <laughs>